the NFL playoffs three days away. <sighs> what a wild one we have today on Wednesday. Jonathan Pariente, the Beast of the East, here with you, along with my co-host, the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone. This is Downtown Sports. We are where sports come home. Let's dive in. The NFL, the wild card weekend. Three days, ladies and gentlemen, three days. Three days until playoff football. Three days until we crown a champion in this COVID season. Three days until we see who is going to move along and who is going to go home. Three days. I never thought I would Three say days. about the wild card. And I, I've Honestly, I know the NFL made their changes, getting rid of the top two seeds getting a bye instead of only just the first seed getting a bye. But I think it's fair to say that with this, with these playoffs, the right teams that deserve to make it in made it in. Well, except uh, the Washington football team, which well, uh, Washington. If you look at the NFC East, and listen, I, I can respect what the Giants did. I, Joe Judge is a hell of a coach. I think he's going to be a great coach for this you, team. You, you sure. respect what the Giants did. I guess we're going to do the top 10 in the second segment. This is going to be the segment where okay. we uh, do I respect, wrap up in review. I respect, I respect what Joe Judge has at least brought together and how he's gotten the players to buy into how he wants them to play. Um, collect, a collective defensive effort. What was playing, the effort? What was the record? Okay, there were 6-10. and 10. The whole NFC so what makes you think that was good? Okay. If you take away some of the early losses the Giants had at the beginning of the year when they started, if the Giants were at least, if they were three and four to start the year instead of one and seven, if they were sorry, if they were three and five to start the year instead of one and seven, you're talking a nine and seven football team, at least. So maybe eight. But okay, ifs and wish, ifs and wishes. If wishes were fishes, we'd all be fed. Unfortunately. It's not the truth. Yeah, the Giants' defense took steps forward that we didn't expect. But understand, we expected the Giants' defense to be one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And if they were what they were supposed to be, this Giant team wouldn't even have six wins. They would have had 10, maybe 11. If the defense was where they were supposed to be, they would have had two or three, and we would have been talking about tankathons with Trevor Lawrence and the New York Giants. That's what we'd have been talking about. <laughs> But Daniel Jones somehow is the quarterback of this team still. The Giants are not looking to move on from him. They're looking to move forward with him. For what reason, I don't know. Joe Judge seems to like him. Joe Judge also seems to not know when his players to hurt to play. You know, there's quite a number of things with the Giants that I could really talk about and get into. But the first thing that we have to get into is Dave Gettleman's job status. Dave Gettleman's job status needs to be revoked. Now, I understand a lot of people want to say that Gettleman made some good trades. I mean, look at Leonard Williams. If uh, Gettleman was the GM, he wouldn't have been here. Um, look at Daniel Jones. He made the right choice there. No. Gettleman, at this point, if uh, anybody knew me way back when, 
they knew I didn't like Jerry Reese, right? That that's, that, that oh, was like. Were, oh God, you were you were bashing Jerry Reese like as long as he was the Giants' general manager. You were bashing okay. Jerry Reese every single year. That's right. Dave Gettleman literally just accomplished a feat that not even Jerry Reese could. Ready? Please. He managed, and I quote, to have three worse years than Jerry Reese's three worst years. The three years of Jerry Reese that made me scream for his head and scream for him getting fired. Gettleman has actually had worse than that. I believe the Giants have a grand total of what? 15 wins in hmm, three seasons under Gettleman. 15 under 15 wins in three seasons. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a GM that's worse than Jerry Reese. We're dealing with a GM that gets it less. Yes, he. It's a little bit better with the offensive line than Reese was. Then why, are we that, hearing, then why are we not hearing any offseason moves of, oh, the Giants are going to fire Gettleman? Oh, because you know. the Maras are way too stupidly loyal to people. They've uh, always The Maras been. were one of the most successful owners for this Giants team. If you go back to the time of Wellington Mara, this was, you know, this is one of the most revered football. Unfortunately, Wellington's dead, and his kids are not as smart as he was. Like, I just hate to say it that way. Wellington Mara was a great owner. John Mara, however, is not. But yet the Rooney family continues to want to see a winning product every year. Even the, the sons of Art Rooney, they want to win every year in Pittsburgh. Okay, so. The son of Lamar Hunt, Clark what Hunt. What does that have to do with anything here in New York? I don't know. New York's a big market, part of the yeah. problem. So a big market. You have your what does the market have to do with Gettleman making terrible draft decisions? Well, <laughs> he should have evaluated his decision-making a little better. He should have uh, second-guessed, do I want to pick this guy? Do I want to go after this guy? Do I think this guy's any good? Maybe he shouldn't have let Pat Shermer influence the quarterback he was picking. Maybe. Not saying Haskins was any better. I mean, look at him. So... I guess you could say the Giants made the better draft choice at six. And, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, but that's only because Haskins was just, like, literally the worst player to come out of the NFL draft that high in a long time since, like, what, Ryan Leaf? Yeah, I think Ryan was Leaf was the only one that had a worse or, like, similar Marcus, trajectory Marcus, of crap. Jamarcus Russell was very equally bad. Jamarcus Russell was a number one pick, and look what happened to him. At least Jamarcus Russell stayed on the field, practiced, tried, was a good teammate, held the clipboard when he needed to. Haskins goes to the club without a mask on, partying VIP, partying the club, and coronavirus, and he's he was going to actually play. Even though he didn't deserve to, he was going to actually play because Alex Smith was hurt. And the Washington football team. Have you, by the way, you saw Heineke in that game? How awful he was? Like, everybody's talking about how uh, Philly replaced the quarterback. We'll get to that in a minute. But everybody's talking about how bad Philly's backup quarterback was. Did everybody take one look at how bad Heineke was? Mm -hmm. 
You see, here's the difference with Philly, though. They didn't uh, – he just benched Hurts for whatever reason, Doug Peterson, whatever was in Doug Peterson's mind. Draft picks. Yeah. They wanted to improve their draft stock, even if that meant turning your whole football team against you and costing the Giants a potential playoff spot. Well, And it, was a blow- it wasn't like this was a blowout game. The Eagles were winning the game. They were right there with the Nash with Washington. I know. Oh, there's been a lot of outrage from the Giants. There's been a lot of outrage from Joe Judge. There's been a lot of outrage from players even on the Eagles themselves. New York Giants, the New York Giants that are outraged and Joe Judge who's outraged. I just got one simple message for you. You shouldn't have been six in 10. That's why you missed the playoffs. Not because Philly threw the game. You missed the playoffs because you were four games under 500, not one, not two, not three, four. And you look had at the- a double-digit loss record. That's why you didn't win the division. You had a double-digit loss record. That's why you didn't make the postseason. It's not Doug Peterson's fault. It's not Sunderland's fault or whatever the heck the backup's name is. Sudfeld. Sudfeld. Sudfeld, I'm sorry. Poor guy, he's never going to play an NFL game again, and I mispronounce his name. Um, the point is, you're the reason you're not in the playoffs. Well, just look Darwin at four. would have gotten you in. Look at, four of your, look at four of your games that could have been victories to start your year. Look at that Bears, Bears game. game. The Buccaneers game, you could have won that. Let's see, what was there another one? I'm trying to think. Wasn't there a game against Philly the Giants lost? They could have won that game a little earlier in the year. Yep, Carson Wentz. That was a game you could have won. Oh yeah. Uh, let me see if I could think of any. Uh, that would have been nine wins right there. Then the Giants. Uh, there. Then the Giants laid an egg against Arizona when they were on the winning track at the time. Let me tell you something. And for the first three quarters of that game, it was still the Giants. It was still there for the Giants to take and win. It's not like Arizona was playing so dominantly over the Giants that you know they couldn't come back. There you have it, folks. Three or four wins Giants could have had. Could have been 10 and 6, coulda, maybe. Woulda, shoulda. Maybe I'd have loved it. Maybe it'd have been nice. You know what, though? Here's the, here's the problem. They're a 6-10 and 10 football team that has been relatively the same for about three, four years now. No matter who's the coach, whether it's McAdoo, whether it's Shermer, whether it's Judge, whether Reese is the GM, or whether uh, Gettleman's the GM, it doesn't matter. This team is finishing with four, five, or six wins a year for the past four or five years, and it has to stop. The Jets cannot look like the better football team. The only reason the Jets didn't look like the better football team this year is because of that terrible coach you had in Adam Gaze. Well, finally, finally, by official... Fired. We, we, we do think his card rights at one Jets drive have been revoked. We're pretty sure, because that's what the Johnson said, that he's gone. But until I see a new head coach, you never know. Well, so let's get to this coaching search. So in order to talk about the Jets, we got to talk about the Eagles, because Doug Peterson was going to, I believe, remain an Eagle. But now after blowing that, after throwing the last game of the year, now a lot of And having your entire defensive line want to jump you in the locker room after the game. Literally, his whole D-line wanted to kick his ass. 
How many defenders had to be held back from beating him up on the sideline when he made the decision to pull Hurts? Let me read some uh, little pieces here. Uh, here, this is from yesterday via the Philadelphia Inquirer. Jet he, fans, understand, this is your next head coach we're talking about right now, so pay we attention. Know, we don't even know if Doug Peterson's been interviewed for a head coach yet with the Jets. We don't even know if the Jets have talked to him or even are even thinking. I know he's – I know He hasn't he, been fired from Philly yet, but he's yet. going to be. I know he served. Look, I know he and Joe Douglas worked together. Absolutely right. They did work together. They won a Super Bowl together. Now, everything I'm reading, players, coaches, were shocked by Doug Peterson's quarterback switch, resulting in the confrontations we were seeing on the sideline with, yeah, two defensive players had to be held back. Uh, the Eagles center went up to the coach. Why did he pull the quarterback? Believe me, even the rookie quarterback himself, Jalen Hurts, was not happy about it. Now he was like saying, I, I, I thought I, I didn't understand. Like he, like he, like he was almost hurt. Like he was like, but 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 I, what did I do wrong, right. coach? Benched. He muttered, "That's not right." He was benched. Yeah, that's not right. It wasn't right. You know why? Because during halftime, they figured out that if they lost, they would be the sixth seed and possibly have a chance at Zach Wilson. That's why Jalen Hurts is saying, "Ah, oh, this ain't right. This ain't right. This ain't right." Because he might not be the quarterback much longer. But then again, we don't know what's going to happen anymore because uh, huh, here's the fun part of it. Peterson did that move assuming he was going to be coached next year, trying to think, oh, maybe I could draft this playmaker, draft this person, draft that. <sighs> Meanwhile, he's caused Philadelphia so much embarrassment. <coughs> we don't even know. Again, we still don't have any word that he's been fired yet. We don't know if there's still rumors are they might keep him, you know, maybe they might keep his job. keep oh. him? After that, well, how do you keep him after that? Why don't you talk to uh, why don't you talk to Jeffrey Lurie? Why don't you talk to Howie Roseman? Why don't you talk to why the are you telling me to talk to these people? people? I'm not the one who has to make this decision, I'm not the one who cares. I hope the Eagles keep him for life and the whole and the whole organization implodes so that my team has a better chance. The whole organization already everybody. has imploded, the whole team has imploded. There you go, you're right before your eyes, yeah. Because only a team that is imploded would actually throw a. Carson didn't even play. He wants out. He wants out. He wants to be traded. Why wouldn't you want to be traded from that mess? So I'd want out. In the matter, so in the matter of where the Jets are going to go from here, because now are they looking at Doug Peterson? Who knows? The Jets are. If they were looking at Doug Peterson, they better had stop. Well. There's other candidates, and I'd like to go through some of these uh, potential candidates that at least the Jets are looking at right now that maybe could uh, be a difference maker. By the way, as we're diving into the draft, Trevor Lawrence is officially declared for the NFL draft. Yeah, now that he knows he gets to go to sunny, balmy Jacksonville and, uh, you know, play in the sun. And takes him. We, we don't know. People – we've seen teams pull shocking moves in the draft. Look at what happened with the Knicks and Perzingis. Nobody thought Perzingis was good. Look, 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 look. I'm just going to say this straight away. I know the rumor mill says Urban Meyer's coming to Jacksonville and Urban Meyer wants Justin Fields. For if, if, if that actually happens, this would be the second time that the generational player fell to the Jets. I don't think they're going to get a second chance like that, like they got with Darnold, where the Giants should have drafted him and the Jets should have been left with Allen and Saquon on the board. 
That's that's what the Jets should have been left with. But no, 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 no. The Giants drafted the running back and the generational quarterback talent went down to uh, the Jets at number three. Now, the Jets are hoping and praying that Urban Meyer is as stupid as the New York Giants and Dave Gettleman. I guarantee you that's not the case. Well, I can tell you. Lawrence will be a Jaguar. Trust me. Then let's take a look at potential candidates. The Jets have at least interviewed a fair few coaching candidates. Uh, they're looking at Matt, uh, Matt Eberfluss was somebody they've, uh, they've spoken with, defensive coordinator for the Colts. Say he's a very well-regarded defensive mind. Seems like a, uh, you he know, coach? seems like he's somebody that could. Was he a head coach? He has no previous experience from what I'm so reading. So that, that, that disqualifies him in my book. I don't know why we're looking at. The only coordinator we should be looking at is the enemy. That has only been a coordinator. Other than that, if I'm the Jets, I'm looking to a person that's had actual success coaching. Well, I'm looking to a Peterson. I'm looking to a Jason Garrett. I'm looking to uh, Marvin Lewis. I'm looking into people that have had success coaching in the NFL. You really want Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, well, look, like I said, a trained seal will be an update over Adam Gaze right now. So uh, right now, the possibilities are endless for you yeah, as to who better. could be better than the coach you had. Yeah, anything's better than his creepy eyes. I will not lie about that. And let me tell you, Marvin Lewis is better. His team made the, his team's made the playoffs every single year, no? Yeah, but he, he had sucked Andy. the talent out of a talent with Andy Dalton, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so what makes you think that Marvin Lewis would do a bad job as a Jet? He hasn't done a bad job as a coach. Yeah, his teams melt away in the playoffs, but who was he playing against when he melted? Look at the competition in the AFC that the Bengals had to put up with. Were the Bengals ever, ever, ever competing with either the Patriots or the Steelers at all? The other question when you look at the Jets coaching staff, and Joe Douglas has hinted this too, you have to make a decision who's your quarterback going to be? Do you trust? Sam Darnold, that you can stick with him? Because right now the Jets have to make a tough decision with that number two pick. Are they going to get a new quarterback, or are they going to get offensive line help? I think Sam's gone. I think Sam's gone. You think Sam's not coming back? No, I think he's gone. I think the Jets are going to trade him away. Sam has said he wants to be a Jet for life. He wants to stay a Jet. Look, you could want all the things he wants, but, uh, you know, I I want a billion dollars at a pony. I don't got it. You haven't seen the you have not seen the improvement enough in Sam to believe he should stay. I have not seen what any of these players can actually legitimately do for the past two, three seasons because of the terrible coaching of the combination of Adam Gaze and Todd Bowles. I can't evaluate a jet player properly at all until they're off the roster because all they are bereft with is terrible coaching, terrible game planning by Gaze, terrible everything by Adam Gaze. So the Jets are going to have to figure this out. Do we keep to Arnold? You get a quarterback. You believe Arnold's done. I think he's leaving. I think he's going to go with another team. He's going to have success somewhere else. And every Jet fan is going to hate themselves for the next five, 10 well, years. When Sam goes that, to another team and takes them to the Super Bowl. And that's why the Jets need to be very, very sure of this. Who are they going to bring in as their coach? Joe Douglas has hinted, very, very well hinted. He wants, he wants a coach, as does the Johnsons. That's about the whole team, not just one side of the football. 
So that leaves about what? Three candidates you could really look at. The Jets have interviewed Bienemy in the past. They've already interviewed him once. But he's one side of the ball, so that's not somebody they're looking at then. You're you're basically left with if Joe Douglas's uh, description is to be believed. You are left with Marvin Lewis, Jason Garrett, Doug Peterson, or the always the rumor that's going around Bill Cowher is going to come out of retirement. Bill Cowher is not coming back. So, yeah, so that's not happening. So to me, if you want somebody that's both sides of the ball, unless there's a special teams coach we're not thinking of, it's either Marvin Lewis, Doug Peterson, or Jason Garrett. Those are the three. Would Jason Garrett be exactly the answer in, in with the Jets? I mean, look at him with the Giants as the offense coordinator. Look what uh, look where that Giants offense ended up with Garrett at the helm. Hmm? I don't know. Although he is being, although Jason Garrett is being considered by the uh, L.A. Chargers there, so it's Chargers. not as if uh, teams aren't interested. Chargers also are looking at Urban Meyer too, just as. Uh, you know, Jacksonville's... And reports are linking that Urban Meyer would love to coach uh, Mr. Herbert over in uh, L.A. That's the latest rumors that I've been hearing is that Urban Meyer is really, really seriously taking a look at uh, San Diego as a destination. Who knows? The trigger might get pulled. L.A., I'm sorry. Well, the trigger could very likely be pulled soon. Who knows? We we still have a long way to go here. We have just begun the offseason for teams out of the playoffs. Several interviews are being done as we speak. Decisions yep. are being made as we speak by all these teams. How can they get better? I think the Jets also asked to interview Giants defensive coordinator. Yes, that was uh, Ram. Yes. <clears throat> so the search is on for head coaches. You got uh, Doug Marone's out there too. We're going to take a break. When we come back, our NFL top 10 playoff predictions for wild card weekend we'll be back right after this and we're back to downtown sports i am the mouth of the south john shivoni along with my co-host the beast of the east jonathan periente this is part two of our special all-NFL episode of Downtown Sports. We got a top 10 to go through. We got playoffs to talk about. But first, Beast, where can they hear us? We're on 12 different platforms. We are on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, PodBay, and Listen Notes. 12 different platforms, rants, live episodes, Tuesday, Wednesday, every single week. And we got a top 10, but you know what? Chris is still on that vacation. Can't get good help these days. But don't worry. We got Tony Mainville, our researcher, who has created the final top 10 list. That You you, you know, Chris, you picked a bad week to go on vacation. The final top 10 list sponsored by Digital Market Battles, by the way. Get your discovery call done today. Go to www.digitalmarketbattles.com. Contact my boy, Nick Battle. He's the CEO. You're going to want to get your discovery call done, but make sure to ask for Nick. He's going to take special care of you. Say mouth sent you. Trust me, things will happen for you. Digitalmarketbattles.com. Get your discovery call done today. 
Tony Mainville with a top 10. So like I said yesterday with this NBA one, I like that NBA one. So, you know, Tony's good so far. One for one on these top 10s so far. Yes. But let's see, because if he screws this up, the final one before the playoffs. Eh. Beast, let's see what our researcher has come up with for today. Okay. So the number, by the way, every one of these uh, teams that are on this top 10 are all the playoff teams, by the way. So this is not... This is not your normal regular season top 10 that we're going to be finishing with. No, no. This is going to be playoff team top 10. Playoff teams. Yes, yes. And by the way, and here's the way that we'll take this list, right? We're supposed to see, what, eight winners out of uh, the playoff matchups? So, you know, the four teams that don't end up on this list, if you're, you know, watching the playoffs – and uh, one of these, one, one of your teams that you think is going to do well is not on this downtown sports uh, top 10 list. Guess what that means for their first round in the playoffs? That means we don't think they're going to make it to round two, you know? Yeah. Well, let's take a look, and uh, we're going to see this top 10 with our very own eyes. and Let's see who's <laughs> moving on in the playoffs. All right, let's take a look at it right now. Okay. We will begin with our number 10 team on this list, and it is none other than the Ravens. Interesting to put them at the 10 spot on this list, even though Ravens are a wild card team. They got in. Now, the Ravens, did we look at them maybe as, are they a little too one-dimensional of a football team because they run the ball more than they really throw the ball? Lamar Jackson, you have a good running – you have a great group of running backs for the Ravens. Yeah, and you need to run the ball to win. That's huge. But at some point, you have to wonder what's going to happen if the Ravens fall behind in the game early, and then you need Lamar Jackson to throw the football. Look what happened in the playoffs last year as a perfect example of that. True enough. But um, I think over the second half of the year, um, Lamar Jackson has gotten his act together a little bit. He's starting to pass better. You're starting to see him win games from the pocket. He's learning. He's picking it up, and he's got enough physical gifts and skills and intelligence to know when to take a running lane and when not to take a running lane. So every snap to him is basically a read option. It doesn't matter what play it's called. It's a read option because Lamar is liable to just take off on you. So they always build that into his offensive sets. Any like they could be running a four verticals right down the field and it could actually be a planned run for Lamar Jackson. That's the way this Baltimore offense works. So Baltimore is going to control clock. Baltimore is going to try to control time of possession. That's the way they win. Mm -hmm. So look, don't sleep on the Ravens. I don't think that's a team you could sleep on. That was a team that nobody wanted to see in the postseason. They're here, despite having a very terrible first six weeks of the year. They're but they're going to take on a team just like them that can control the clock, and they run the football just as well in the Tennessee Titans. So this is going to be a very interesting battle of two running, of two running back heavy football teams. This is going to be a very interesting rematch yes. from last year. Yep. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and the uh, Tennessee Titans shocked the world. This time it's not going to be a shock. Right now the Titans are the um, favorite to win this game. Let's move on to number nine of our top ten, and it's the 
Cleveland Browns. Well, fitting that they're in the nine, I technically I think ten. If we had flipped this order and said Browns ten, Ravens nine, I would have been okay with that too. Which technically, that's kind of what I think Tony wanted to go with at yeah. one point. But I think either order, I think it kind of makes sense. He's sort of right to put Cleveland at nine because Cleveland's been a better team consistently throughout the year than Baltimore has. There were stretches where Baltimore just played terrible football. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the Browns also, you know, if it hadn't been for squeaking by the Steelers in the last week of the season, the Browns would have been in very big trouble of not even getting in. Miami would have been in the playoffs and not Cleveland if Cleveland were to lose in Miami – were to have lost, if Cleveland would have lost that game to Pittsburgh, they'd have been out. Dolphins already just let go of their offensive coordinator. They let Chan Gailey go as of today. That, yeah. I, building, I, and they've already confirmed Tua will be starting in 2021. Of course Tua's going to be starting in 2021. The reason you saw Fitzpatrick in there is because he was very familiar with Chan Gailey's offensive scheme. So, Fair enough. Look, yeah. you, can let, you can let Gailey go. But then again, Chad Gailey might be a guy that ends up uh, possibly getting another offensive coordinator job somewhere down the line. Maybe if Garrett gets hired, he's a giant offensive coordinator. But we'll see what happens down the road with Tua. But we'll talk about the Miami Dolphins at a later yeah, time. Yeah, let's get to the Browns. Let's get to Baker Mayfield. Let's get to the fact that he finally won a game in his own division. 18 years it took Cleveland to make the playoffs. This is a yeah. long time if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Long this time. iteration of the Cleveland Browns has never won a playoff game. But I know you're saying, but, but Mouth, what about the teams in the 60s? Those Cleveland Brown teams in the 60s are actually represented by today's Baltimore Ravens. This yep. version of the Cleveland Browns is an expansion team that was let into the NFL or back into the NFL in the mid-1990s to late 1990s, if I'm not mistaken. So this version of the Cleveland Browns has not seen any postseason success whatsoever. I believe they're 0-1 in the postseason, and that's it. Other than that, it's been 25 years of complete futility. So I'm happy for the Browns. The Browns that have they got to been, make the playoffs. The Browns have not been to a playoff game since 2002. And their opponent will be what? And who's their opponent? Uh, well, a rematch. The very team that they basically beat to get in here. They're playing the Steelers again. Also, one it's of the two scenarios playing. Came, came true. The, the less likely one. Because I was calling it was going to be Miami and Buffalo playing two weeks in a row. But you know what? Hey, Pittsburgh and Cleveland two weeks in a row ain't bad. But uh, this time it's not going to be the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers. It's going to be the Ben. Even though Mason Rudolph played well. I'll give Mason Rudolph some credit. He played well. I mean, he's been watching. And, hey, don't think that that experience last year didn't help Mason Rudolph at all. Maybe. And don't think that Cle- and don't think that Pittsburgh doesn't look at Mason Rudolph as their quarterback of the future. They I do. think they might just be doing that slowly. They do. But- they look at him like the QB of the future. They look at him as the heir apparent to Ben right now. Here's the problem if you're a Steelers fan right now. This is the Browns have the one type of advantage the Steelers don't. The Steelers don't run the football very well at all. The Browns run the football. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is all you need to know right Chubb- there is the best running back in football. Uh, I'd say he's Better on the same, Henry. He's on the same Henry. level of Henry and, and Ezekiel Elliott. I'd say Henry's a little ahead of him. I'd say, uh, yeah. I'd say Henry then followed right slowly behind by Chubbs, then Zeke, then Kareem Hunt. So the Browns got the number two and the number four running backs in the league, in my opinion, in terms of talent and skill. Yes. Now the question is, 
Baker Mayfield has never played in a playoff game. This is his first ever playoff game. Which Baker Mayfield are we going to see against this Steelers team that's going to play with their full with their full arsenal in going into this matchup. Well, in college, hasn't he played championship games before? Oh, no, definitely Baker has. I've no doubt about that. But this is a – this is the NFL now. This is a playoff game. You're playing in Heinz Field, one of the hardest stadiums to play. This it's is the, the loudest stadium draft play. pick during that glut of quarterbacks year three years ago. This was the number one pick in that draft. Baker Mayfield was supposed to be the best of the best quarterback draft that – Technically, we'll ever see. You'd never see five quarterbacks stacked that high, that at, at that level in an NFL draft. You don't see that very often. And Baker is – he's supposed to be the best of that bunch. Well, uh, if you've listened to the draft board, I don't, I, I don't think Baker Mayfield should have been picked ahead of Josh Allen or Sam Darnold, but – Cleveland made their choice, and uh, Baker Mania is running wild. Now, understand one thing. If we as other fan bases who have experienced playoff success, even the Jets have experienced playoff success and uh, regular season success, for a fan base like Cleveland who's been starving for anything, they were even, even trying to like hype up Johnny Manziel. They're starving. Let's move to number eight on our top 10. And it's a very interesting one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number eight on our top 10, which is, I think this is a very, I'm kind of surprised they're a little lower than they are, but the Buccaneers have kind of been in the middle of the road this well, year, if you will. They play in the NFC South. I get that. It's a well, very tall I mean, look, they didn't win their division, and yet we're still ranking them above division winners. So I'd say uh, we're they doing – They played well the last so number – Evans' weeks. injury. I know Antonio Brown – Evans is going to hurt. The hole, but no Evans is going to make Antonio Brown not play as well. Now more of it goes to him, and now we're going to have to rely on Gronk to make catches – Maybe they have to run the ball some more with Ronald Jones. I think we better see him running the ball a little bit if more. He's not, if he's not too hurt to carry the ball 15, 20 times right. in a game. Playing with that thumb, playing with that with that thing, splint in his hand. That's a very so, big thing. Evans hurt. Jones hurt. Offensive line not as good as the O-line he had in New England. And your number one wideout is hurt, and your number two wideout is just getting up to speed. Well, Brown has been picking it up, and then you have Chris Godwin. You you have you have weaponry that you can throw the ball, but minus Evans is going to be a big loss. No but, doubt about it. Well, let me tell you something right now. But Tom Brady's not worried about any of that. Do you know what he's worried about? Making sure that fruit basket gets to Doug Peterson's house on time so that um so that so that he could enjoy it while he watches the uh Washington football team get annihilated by Tampa because if I were Arians and Bowles and Brady, mm -hmm. the team I didn't want to see was the New York Giants. And now you're seeing the Washington football team instead. Thanks to Peterson and him benching Hurts in Philly, Tom Brady, instead of getting a – sneakily hard first round matchup with 
either the Giants or the Cowboys, which I think both teams would have done better against uh, Tampa than the Washington football team can do right now. I'm not saying that the, what they did to get to the NFC's title wasn't amazing. Thank God it, we don't – I was predicting a 10-loss team winning the NFC East. Thank God the Washington football team was only a 9-loss team and didn't end up being the most embarrassing division in the history of football. 7-9 was the lowest record we have seen. Remember, the Seahawks in 2010 got in at 7-9 and hosted a playoff game. And they won a round. They beat New Orleans, yeah. I would not I would not laugh off the Washington football team just because they're 7-9. They have talent on this team. They have some pieces that can, that can do things here. I do Two not things. want to sleep on them. Two things. One, Alex Smith is hurt, and that's the biggest key here. Barris hinted about Dude. rotating his quarterbacks around, so you'll probably see Smith play. They're not going to just sit him down. He, Smith, Smith will want to play. Yeah, but I'll tell you the truth. Haskins really should feel terrible about himself. After partying the club, don't wear a mask. He's admitted he will be more humble. He wants to be humble, more humble. He, he has yeah, you, you literally were drafted by one of the worst teams in football that hasn't had a decent quarterback since Robert Griffin III. They drove out Kirk Cousins, so I wouldn't say that they had a decent quarterback in Kirk Cousins. They had somebody they wanted to get rid of for years and couldn't. So who that or what, what, what was that tagline the Washington football team used with the one year they made the playoffs? Uh, been a long time, um... I don't know, like oh, like oh, well, what what about that or whatever? Yeah. What about that? What about that, Dwayne Haskins? You could have been starting a playoff game, but instead you had to go to the strip club without a mask and uh, be VIP. Well, depending you could have been starting a playoff game. If the Buccaneers dictate the pace of this game early, Washington they will won't have a chance. Washington won't have a chance. Let me tell you something. Alex Smith is a quarterback that relies on his mobility. He has none right now. He does not have the arm to drive it down the field. Yes, he's a smart quarterback. And, you know, look, if Alex Smith can't run the ball, he's not as effective. You have Antonio Gibson. He's back from injury. That's your best running back that you have on your team. You're going to need him. You got Logan Thomas, a very solid tight end. You have Terry McLaurin, a solid wide receiver. McLaurin's got to have a big game. He's got to beat Tampa deep. But, by the way, we saw this with Tampa's – win against the Giants. And here's where Washington might have a chance, but this is where Alex Smith's injuries really hurt, hurt him. If McLaren could get down the field, Bowles' uh, defense in Tampa Bay doesn't defend verticals very well. In fact, if you remember the Giant game, there was at least three or four times where you were watching that game and you were screaming at the TV for Daniel Jones to just throw the ball deep because Slayton beat his guy with no safety help. Well, then let's see if Washington Washington will exploit that. Alex Smith will exploit that because he's a veteran. But can he on that leg? That's the problem. Let's move on to our seventh team on our top ten, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, number seven on our top ten. You know, we're going through this top ten in a little bit longer of a form because we are addressing these playoff games as we talk about it. So if you're wondering why are we sticking on certain teams and going back and forth, it's it's because – it's because we got to put it all into perspective here. The Steelers being seven, to me, just reeks of, I don't know. I, they didn't play good football down the stretch, John. They were 
This team was going to be 11. It was going to probably go undefeated at one point. Washington beat them. Then the Steelers exactly. last three games. Being undefeated and getting beaten by Alex Smith on his return to the NFL after having his leg almost removed and almost being dead. And then the Steelers def- and then the Steelers offense just forgot how to score points for three weeks. Uh, receivers couldn't catch the ben football. Oh, everything ben said it. They stopped having fun. This is a young team that Ben's got around him right now. Uh, aside from Ben Roethlisberger, who's older than twenty six? You have James Conner. He's about 25-ish years old, 24. Young back. I get it. Young. It's not a young, it's a young team. They're all young. A lot of that team is pretty young. Yes. At least a lot of the skilled players that you're relying upon to get yardage are young. Maybe on the defense they're a little more experienced, but that offense is basically full of young kids who have a really, really good leader in Big Ben. So I think when Ben gave that speech about, you know, Stop worrying about it. We're, we're in the postseason, guys. Just have fun. Well, and how they came out and played Colts. after that. Against the Colts, it woke them up for sure. Definitely. It did. But let's see. Again, this is, this is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the league. He brings the best out of his team every week. He doesn't make excuses of anything. No. So no. I am curious to see when Pittsburgh takes on Cleveland, are they going to approach – Baker a little differently than they did the previous week. Now, you know, they did make Baker run around a little bit. You know, you have to – the way you beat Baker Mayfield is you have to make him uncomfortable. You know how you make Baker uncomfortable? Please. Take his vision away. Here's what I mean. His wideouts have to be blanketed under a sea of jerseys and cover. They got to disguise coverages against Baker. And they got to stop worrying about pressuring him in the pocket because he can escape the pocket and make plays with his legs. So mm-hmm. rushing him out of the pocket isn't the ticket. You need a four-man rush to be Baker Mayfield, but you need a four-man rush that gets to the quarterback while you're covered to too deep look that you've disguised in the backfield as man coverage with one deep safety is adjusting and covering all the receivers that Baker's going to be going to. Because remember, if they're not running the ball, they're bombing it deep. So if you're running cover two zones on Cleveland, what that's going to do is it's going to keep the extra man near the box to stop a chub or a hunt run. And then you're going to blanket all the wideouts with black and gold jerseys, thereby making Baker Mayfield very uncomfortable because he will have no idea where to throw it. And that's where he the makes key, his, it's not when he's being sacked. It's when he's throwing into double, triple coverage. The key for, the key for this Two more Browns tested positive this week for COVID-19, in addition to their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. And, yes, one of the players test positive is their left guard, Joe Batonio. That's not good. If your left guard is out and your left guard's out, so now the Browns are going to have to really put a solid left guard to make sure Baker's not getting pancaked and constantly having to run for his life. They're going to – well – if Baker has to run for his life, that's not the worst thing in the world because he makes plays with his legs. But here's the thing. If Baker's running for his life due to linebacker or safety blitzes, that's advantage Browns. If Baker's running for his life due to the front four getting to him, advantage Pittsburgh. Yes. Let's move on to number six of our top ten, and that is the Tennessee Titans. Number six on our top ten. and This is – uh. This team has been really, really exciting to watch, really going back to last year. Mike Vrabel done a tremendous job. Derrick Henry continuing to be the solid running back that he's been. 
it just seems like there's never a game where Henry does not give you 100 yards rushing. It seems like Derrick every Henry, week. Derrick Henry is our generation's Emmett, Emmett Smith. Straight away, he's our generation's Emmett Smith. Like, you can't take him down. You, he hits the line of scrimmage, and you know, even if you put two or three guys on him, he's still going to gain three or four yards after contact. That's what Derrick Henry does. He makes for Ryan Tannehill, who's really evolved into a control type of quarterback, that just every bit more plays into the hands of advantage Tennessee. When you have a solid system with what Vrabel has, Tannehill, the ability to not throw over the ball, just throw. If he has to make some throws, he'll make throws. And they have people that can, that can, he can get the ball to. A.J. Brown, their best wide receiver. And they have a whole bunch of, of other playmakers around him, small tight ends here and there. You have the system there. Tannehill could throw the deep ball still. He can. We've we seen saw it. that last week. AJ Here's Brown. The thing. AJ Brown. Tannehill will make you pay if you commit to Derrick Henry in the box. His arm strength has actually gotten better since leaving Miami. If you look at uh, and and also look at Tannehill. If you look at Tannehill, there's a difference in him. Yes. Maybe not just in his play, but physically too. Notice the the fact that his legs got a little bigger, a little thicker. Had a has a much stronger base to him now. He can put more on the ball. He that end, on. that end, he could take more hits, meaning he could run without worrying about injury. So I think whatever happened in Tennessee, Vrabel got a hold of him and said, "Listen, your conditioning's off, my guy." And they took Tannehill to the weight room, and you're seeing the results. You're seeing the results of the specific work that they did on his legs, his thighs, his quads, his calves. Look at those. And look at him play. And look at how much more spring there is in his step when he's running off the ball. Look at how much more zip those passes have when he's throwing it deep on the run, running for his life. We have seen what Tennessee did to opponents in the playoffs last year. We saw how they beat New England. We saw how they beat Baltimore. By the by, they're better than they were last year, and so is Tannehill. Tannehill's actually stepped up to be a quarterback that I don't think is a detriment to his team anymore. If they play their game right, they could very much challenge Buffalo and Kansas City. If they play their game right, they could go to the Super Bowl. Very, very likely. That's the other team. That's the sleep. If you ever want to know what's the sleeper team in the AFC, it's Tennessee. Number five on our top ten, the New Orleans Saints. They will host the Bears this coming week. We Talked with Noah Eagle, previewing that matchup a bit yesterday on Nickelodeon. But I'm going to tell you something. Noah put the Saints a are going to have Kamara back, which is huge. The Saints Noah get back put a up. very bright face on that game, a very happy face, right? Watch the game. Look, not saying the Bears don't have a chance. I'm just saying uh, if the score is 45, to, if the score is 45 to three by the end of the first half, don't be shocked. I mean, that, that, that's a game that I think could go – it could either be the most exciting game of the weekend or the worst game of the weekend. Well, you're playing in New Orleans. That's part of it. You're playing well, that means of- nothing now. I mean, who's allowed in that stadium? How many well, people we got? NFL teams are allowing fans to a small degree. In New Orleans, regardless how you slice it, empty or not, New Orleans is never an easy place to play. It's an indoor stadium. When the crowds are there, oh, my goodness. Yeah, but they're not going to be, at least not to the level where it actually affects them. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But the Saints are a very prolific offense. We have seen no Drew Brees for four weeks. Taysom Hill led the way. Did the Saints lose a step or two? No. In fact, they gained something with Taysom Hill. Yeah. 
We saw the Saints in their last game of the year without Kamara, and they blew Carolina away like it was nothing. Well, because Drew Brees is – he's timeless. He's they had ageless. no running backs. They had literally none of their running backs. Well, except for Taysom Hill. <laughs> we consider him a running back. He's more of a tight end quarterback. I don't know. Oh, by the way, in your fantasy team, did they ever change him back after Brees became a quarterback? They made Taysom Hill quarterback once he – they never changed him back to tight end this year, so they didn't oh. do that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, that's good. Well, I guess he had sufficient snaps as a quarterback, whatever well, you want to slice. When I join this fantasy league next year somehow, some way, and I go and win it, even though I know nothing about fantasy sports, I, I just want to make sure because when they start pulling this BS on me, I'm, I, it's not going to – I hope the commissioner of your league is listening, Beats, because this is not going to be tolerated with me. We're, we're not going to have this. There's going to be some changes. Oh, you'll have to take that up with my commissioner. You will have to take that up with the commissioner. I am the commissioner now. No. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He's going to know. Anyway, okay. as far as um, the Saints are concerned, Sean Payton, it's a great system that he's run. The, the Saints are just a great offense. And with Kamara back, it's going to be even deadlier. The Bears, I want to see how the Bears are going to be able to contain this offense. The Bears have if a great Mitch defense. Trubisky, by the way. If Mitch Trubisky goes out there and throws 300 yards and four touchdowns. He's played better of late, Mitch. He's been playing better of late. Look, and you have the talent. No one ever doubted that Trubisky has the talent. It's just has he been afraid to utilize what he has. It's not even about afraid. It's like, look. We just haven't seen it. From I don't like the coaching scheme. I think Matt Nagy literally saved his job by making the postseason this year, but he doesn't deserve to keep it. He's a coach that should have been on the way on his way out too. If well, the, the Bears, Bears missed the playoffs, he'd have been on his way out. He would have been one of the people that we saw fired, and he would have been one of the people the Jets would would have considered. Well, if the so, Bears kicker had, if the Bears kicker hadn't missed, hadn't had that double doink, who knows how deep the Bears could have gone last year, right? That's true, but I mean, let's let, let's be real here. Is Diggs' offensive system? beneficial to Mitch Trubisky or Montgomery. Do you see those players being utilized the best ways they could be utilized? Montgomery Montgomery is utilized just as much as anyone. He's their running back, and he also can make plays with catching the ball out of the backfield. I just feel Montgomery would be doing so much better under different coaching. Because right. he has now, done better under different coaching. Not that Montgomery is slack. Allen Robinson played pretty decently himself, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't laugh off Allen Robinson either. That's the key. That's the key to the game. Does Allen Robinson have a good game and can Trubisky get him the ball? I think you're going to see Trubisky get the ball to him. It's just how often will he get the ball to him is going to be a very big question. I'll tell that's you, the Saints are going to try to take Robin, Robinson and Montgomery away from the Bears. That, that's, that's their – you want to know what the defensive strategy is, Stop stuff Montgomery in the backfield – and get a couple of quick strikes with Drew Brees in the offense to make it be that Trubisky has to pass the ball, make them one-dimensional. Now let's move to number four of our top ten, the Seattle Seahawks. Number four on our top ten, and Seattle – you know, you've seen Seattle. They've won games. Their Look, I don't care what they've up. done this year. Like, uh, Seattle's the one team where I don't care what they did in the regular year. It doesn't matter to me because this is a team that's been in the playoffs perennially every single year. They have play the, this Seattle. The Seahawks' real season starts right now. This is yeah, where Seattle really cares. Okay, I want to see which Seattle team is going to show up because honestly, I haven't seen the Seahawks really 
I don't know, like really blow their opponent away like I would like. I want to see Seattle's offense uh, add a little extra. Th- That's in the not who they are. That's not who they are. They're a ball control offense with a very, very skilled quarterback and one of the best wideouts in the game. But remember, they're a controlled ball type offense. They're not a big play generating offense that's going to uh, go DK out there and Evans. throw 20-yard go routes every play, John. Russell Wilson Russ works. Russell's one of the best dime passes, passes you'll ever see. And you have Metcalf. You have your deep threat. You get the ball as much as you can. You want to know why he's one of the best deep ball throwers we've seen? Humor because me. the Seahawks play most of their offense between two and five yards from the line of scrimmage. That's where most of their plays generate from. A lot of their passes, their runs, their sets, their schemes – you're seeing balls get caught three or four yards away from the line of scrimmage and then going for 10. What the way Seattle regularly runs their offense is they're trying to dink and dunk and get four or five yards a piece here and there to keep the chains moving while Russell Wilson examines your defense during that drive, sees where they break, how they break, when they break too, what look, what, Defensive coverages do they use when you line up three wide out to the left and one with two runners in the backfield? What happens when you go pistol? Russell Wilson is examining all of that so that this way when the fourth quarter comes around, he knows exactly what scheme to throw, when to get that big pass, when to make that big play. Now you're playing the Rams in this week's game if you're Seattle. And there's no news yet if Jared Goff is going to play. He still has the broken thumb. And very likely, that Walford guy might have to play in a playoff game just as he did in the last game of the year. But Walford didn't do that bad. He did he not do that right. bad. Again, the, uh, it was an 18-7 game. The Rams really – their only touch in the Rams had was a pick six. You're not going to have those lucky pick sixes always come around, particularly in a playoff game. Walford's going to have to – Walford's going to have to – kick it up a notch in the playoffs if, if the Rams are going to have even a chance. Wolford's going to have to let Jared Goff his thumb. Like, just lop it right off and just give it to Goff so he can go play. Right uh, now, John McVay has not announced who's starting. And I think it's going to be Goff. <clears throat> we'll see. If as Goff much is, as possible, you're going to see Jared Goff out there. If Goff is going to play, then that's, that's the one thing that saves the Rams, in my opinion. Look, if let's Goff plays, number, I think the Rams can win this game. Let's move to number three on our top ten. And finally, Mr. Mainville had some sense here. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, good. Good. Number three, Green Bay. Wow, Chris. uh, Maybe maybe Tony got to make these top tens because, you know, when when, when you put the number one team in the NFC as one of the top three teams in the top ten, you see, that just makes sense. Aaron Rodgers is back to Aaron MVP-level Aaron Rodgers. Yep. More importantly, Green Bay earned themselves the first round by, so they will not have to worry about anything in the first round. And, and they got a week really to get incredible. nice and healthy and relax and is let this, the injuries rest. Driver gets another week to get healthier. This is good. Is this probably the best you've seen Aaron Rodgers play in his whole career? No, it's not the best I've seen him play in his whole career. The best I've seen him play in his whole career was that 2011 run where they lost to the Giants on the Giants' way on the Giants' way to beating the uh, Patriots for the in the Super Bowl for the second yeah. time. That was Aaron Rodgers' best season. Super Bowl 46, yeah, yes. However, 
He ain't that far off. And we're talking nine years later. And Aaron That's Rodgers, how good Aaron Rodgers is. And the weapons Rodgers has now compared to what he had then is insane. Night and Aaron day, J- actually. Devontae Adams just has so much. Just everybody on that team can be utilized. You have Aaron Rodgers behind them. Guess what? Jones, Adams, and Rodgers all have nagging injuries that they now get a week off to rest and get better. That spells doom for whoever shows up to Green Bay in the second week of the playoffs. Next. Number two on our top ten. Well, they've been here now, and they basically are staying here, the Buffalo Bills. Finally, we hope. Their first playoff game. I'm a little upset at that. 25 years. I'm a little upset at that. Buffalo being two, you're upset at that. Why? They should be one this week. I feel they should be one. Hmm. Know why? They didn't have to, but they turned around and eliminated a Miami Dolphins team from the playoffs while the Chiefs kind of just coasted. Well, the Chiefs had already clinched their first round by, so what did they have left to play for? And what did Buffalo really had left to play for either? Buffalo is still having to match up with Pittsburgh to either be the two or the three seed. And, you know, maybe uh, depending who you want to face a certain opponent that you don't want to see in the, in the two seed, the three seed, you know? Little but things like that play a very important role. Buffalo could have rested their players. Buffalo could have rested Josh Allen. They could have rested Diggs. They could have rested all their guys. Well, they sort of did after they were blowing the Dolphins away. Yeah. Then they sat. They sat Allen down and played Barkley. They sat yeah, Diggs down. They sat they down did and it, But they made sure they had game in hand. And once they did that, and they still continued to dominate the Dolphins, even after yeah. that? What you saw with Buffalo is the depth that they have. You finally saw just how well-rounded this Buffalo Bills team is. And that's why I want to – that's why I would put them at one. Look, I can't blame anybody for putting the Chiefs at one. I, I, you know, I, I get it, but – at the same time, I think Buffalo finally earned it because I think they went out and had a better performance than Kansas City. By the way, Buffalo is the one team that took Kansas City to its limit and actually looked like they really could hang with them, aside from the Las Vegas Raiders, which are out of the playoffs. But the only other team that looked like they were really able to hang with the Chiefs was Buffalo. Well, I'll be And by the way, Josh Allen had a bad game that game. I'll be very curious to see. If, and again, Buffalo is going to play Indy for this coming Saturday's game. That's, the, that's the game I can see as an upset. If, if, if uh, because Noah said it, their O-line is good. The only problem is they're undisciplined. They would have more wins if they just wouldn't commit these holding penalties. However, Phillip Rivers isn't on his back. That's a good thing. You're not losing. I'd rather you lose 10 yards to a holding penalty than to a sack. There will be fans at Orchard Park. There will be fans in Western New York. 6,700 of them. Yeah, well, there's still going to be fans, and you know they've been waiting 25 years to see the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. It's a great moment for New York in general. It's a great moment for that city that's been starved for a playoff team for so long. That it is. Now, will will Josh Allen be able to get over the hump of last year's playoff where he did not look comfortable? He has digs this year, which he didn't there have. There you go. Here's the only answer you need. He has digs this year. Okay. When you have a big play wide out, deep threat like digs, 
who, by the way, can also run in the slot and is tough enough to catch the ball in traffic. You have to still get the ball to Diggs if you're Allen. Not saying he can't. Allen will. Allen will get the ball to Diggs. I trust Josh Allen. I trust him. These Colts play solid defense just as Buffalo does. They're a very good defensive team. They run the ball. They run the ball exceptionally well. Rivers is very good at finding players down the field. Josh Allen has to win this game with his legs, though. You're going to be seeing a lot of the running Josh Allen, like the Josh Allen that you saw last year, the one that runs the football, the one that's going to be taking running lanes instead of passing lanes. Uh, Expect Josh Allen to rush this ball, rush the ball about nine times for about 45 yards. We'll see. I will expect that, that because let me tell you something. If Buffalo, if Josh Allen does not get eight to nine runs mm-hmm. to, you know, divvy up that look for the defense, the Colts are going to just sit dead red on digs all day long. And that's not a good formula for Buffalo. It should be a very interesting game. Number one in our top 10, the Kansas City Chiefs. No surprise, they've been one of the best teams in the NFL. They also will get a bye for the first round, as Green Bay does. Patrick Mahomes is waiting for whoever comes out of the lowest-seeded game. You, but, but could you imagine being Pat Mahomes in the Chiefs right now? Now, uh, what, He's had two weeks to rest. Two weeks. Let me just say this straight away, right? Let me just say this straight away. Green Bay's path to the Super Bowl is about ten times easier than Kansas City's. We're going to take a little break when we come back. Our predictions for Wild Card Weekend. Back after this. And we're back to Downtown Sports. I'm Jonathan Pariente, the Beast of the East, alongside my co-host, the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone. We want to thank Tony Mainville for our NFL Playoff Top 10. And now we will dive into our predictions for the wild card game, which will take place in just three days. So let's go ahead, dive right into it. Mouth, there are no gimmies, particularly in the AFC for the wild card. No Not gimmies. at all. Because let, me say, let me just say this. Okay. So of the games that we're, we're going to have played, could you imagine if the Colts upset the Bills? It could happen. It could. Colts that's have the close, by the way, that's the game I'm thinking could be an upset if you watch. It's uh, If the refs put the flag in the pocket and let the Colts actually play football, that might be a problem for Josh Allen at first. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Green Bay is going to have to play whoever comes out the lowest seed that comes out of round one, right? Yeah, the Colts are number seven. Exactly. So imagine if uh, Kansas City uh, gets them. Now, who's number six? The Ravens are there. Then the Browns. Then uh, the Titans. Then the Steelers. Then the Bills. So imagine, if you will, a situation where you're going to be playing one of these four teams. Tennessee, Cleveland, the Colts, possibly the Steelers. If you're Green Bay, the opponents that you could be playing around to are the Washington football team, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Chicago Bears, and uh, who is that last useless wild card team? The Rams, which are going to be eliminated, or, or Seattle. So 
which lineup of teams would you want to deal with? If I, least, I, I would be so happy to be Aaron Rodgers right now. At least, at least two of those teams in the NFC don't scare me a ton. But the rest, AFC, yes. You don't that whole AFC scenario is a nightmare. That is a nightmare scenario. And in fact, there's one or two teams that didn't make the playoffs in the AFC side that uh, if you would have just transported them to the NFC, would have been a 10-win teams. So yeah. the AFC is a stacked, stacked conference. That's going to be the most fun conference to watch this postseason, uh, especially wildcard weekend. By the way, that I, the game that I and Eagles calling, that Buffalo Colts game, ugh. Yeah, Bills and Colts will be a big one. Watch that's that game, guys. Yeah. Let's go through our – as we finally wrap up our top ten, let's go through our – very quick, we'll go through our predictions. Who wins the this week on Wild Card Week? Ooh. I got, got some Saturday game. game, we just talked about it, Buffalo Indy. Who wins this game in Orchard Park? 27-24 Indianapolis. You have Indy winning this game. Okay, I think bold. the refs are gonna put. The, I think the refs are gonna put the flag in their pocket, and then the Colts bold. are gonna run time of possession. I'm gonna say Buffalo wins this game. I think Josh Allen is finally gonna get over what happened a year ago, and you're gonna see Josh Allen really shine this year. Buffalo's gonna win this, 31-17. Ooh, you really? Yeah, I think Buffalo has. So you got, don't think it's a game by the end of the third quarter? I'd say by about the fourth quarter. That's when Buffalo will pull away. They're this will be close for the most part. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be close. But I think Buffalo will pull away in the fourth quarter. This is Philip Rivers' last chance to win a championship. And if you don't think that that's motivating that man to play like he could 10 years ago, you're absolutely wrong. You're going to see a different Philip Rivers. Seen that's Rivers the other make, thing I'm banking on here. You always see Rivers make a critical mistake at some point in the game. And that some point in the game is going to be late in the game where it really, really counts. That's how I look at that. Well, we're going to see. Is Philip Rivers going to be – a Super Bowl champion or not? We'll find out. This is his Second. first test. By the way, if he gets up, by the way, if he beats Buffalo, just yeah. saying, I think uh, people better start looking at the Colts a lot more seriously if they do beat Buffalo. Next. Second game, L.A. Seattle, the mid the midday wild card game, Seattle and the Rams. Uh, it's so hard to call this because I don't know who's starting. Yeah. If, if not we, Goff, if obviously we know who wins. If but. Goff is not starting, this is an advantage to Seahawks. It's going to be in Seattle. That's the most important thing. Seattle, we've always seen them rise up in playoff games at home. Pete Carroll knows the Rams better than anyone. 2014 Seahawks. 2014 Seattle. All right. 2014 Seattle. Okay. I'm going to say one of those Seattle. is a one of those is a pick six. Seattle's going to win this game for me, no doubt. I think this is going to be, but I think it's going to come down to at least a one possession game. Seattle wins 25-19. It's going to be a close game. I think the Rams will hang with them. They're a good defensive team, so. However, Definitely. if Goff comes in, if Goff actually plays, yep. you know what? A lot of people say, but then wouldn't your predictions change if Goff plays? No, and I'll tell you why. Right. Because even if Goff plays, he's going to be playing hurt. So he's not going to be full on Jared Goff. He's going to be Jared Goff with a broken thumb that fumbles snaps. So, um, Well, as we know, he's not the only quarterback that's going to be playing hurt. Let's look at the last game on that Saturday wild card weekend, the primetime game. Buccaneers, Washington football team. Um, Tampa wins this game 45 to, like, is there a number that we could put that's lower than zero that Washington I would, can contain? I would, I would say Washington maybe will score at least a couple of touchdowns, maybe 45-17 no. to be fair. I don't think so. 
I don't think so at all. Like, I don't think I, I don't see the Washington football team scoring more than six points. Wow, and it, it, you have them that low. Yeah, I do, I and it's not because look, it's not because it, it's not because that you know they're not talented or whatever. It's that Alex Smith is hurt, and then Dwayne Haskins had to go party in the club, bottle full of bub, sitting on the bench. Ain't getting no more love. I mean, seriously. Now you have Taylor Heineke having to go in and out to give Alex Smith breaks. That's not a good situation. Although, if I were a betting person, I would put like a dollar or two on the Washington football team because I could only imagine what type of return you would get if Washington not only beat the odds but won the game outright. So... Maybe if you're a betting man, put a dollar or two on uh, the Washington football team. But if you're uh, trying to figure out who's actually going to win this game, that would be Tampa. 45, 45. I'll say six. I'm going to say Tampa Bay will win, no doubt. I think they'll score a little less than 45. I'm going to say 35 to 10. I'd say Washington will get at least 10 points. be a little fair. They'll get a touchdown. They'll at least get one. Okay. Okay. Now we go to our Sunday matchups. The Ravens and Titans, the 1 o'clock Sunday game. A rematch from last year. Who wins this? Same matchup, same result. I think exact same result. Tennessee's going to win this game, guys. Okay. They're going to win this game, and I think it's going to be a little higher scoring than it was the last iteration, but... 32 28 Tennessee. Okay. A lot of the time. I think Hill hit a bomb or two. I think Lamar hit a bomb or two. I think both quarterbacks will play well. I think both offenses will play well. It's just which defense is going to get the stop when it's most critical. And I think Tennessee's is better hit, equipped to do that than Baltimore's at the moment. I'm going to, hmm, this is a tough one for me, all right. This, this is probably the toughest matchup of, of the whole playoff going to win this. Yeah, I think the Colts and Bills is a tougher one to pick than that. But. Call me nuts, but I'm going to say Baltimore could pull this off. Uh, they, can, they can win games on the road, Baltimore. I would, not, I would not write off the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, as we've seen, can run the ball. More importantly, in the red zone, he has never thrown an interception when the Ravens have the ball in the end zone, which is very, very important. Does he throw and the ball when he's in the red zone, though? <laughs> yeah, but the, but the Ravens have at least three running backs – that can cause havoc on the Tennessee Titans. You have Lamar himself. You have J.K. Dobbins. You have Gus Edwards. They have a whole different group of players. And then when Lamar – if Lamar can beat you with his arm, that's just an added bonus. If Lamar is beating you with his legs, it's because he's beating you with his arm first. That's the thing. When Lamar starts completing passes, that's when people stop putting men in the box to worry about him running. That's when he takes off. That's when he gains the yards. That's the thing. Lamar Jackson is a double-edged sword, but the arm has to work. And I don't think the arm's going to work against Tennessee. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to say, the for me, I'm going to say the Ravens squeak this one out. It's going to come down to a field goal. 34-31 Baltimore. Okay, so around the same score. Okay, cool. Chicago, Chicago, New Orleans is our next one. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the game where the team is going to – no, actually, this is a game that's actually going to be pretty good. <laughs> um, like I said, this has the potential to be the worst game on the, of the weekend. However, 
I think it also has the potential to be the best game of the weekend. Because I think you're going to see a very, very stout defensive struggle. This is not going to be where the Saints go out there and score 45 points. 17-10, New Orleans over the Bears. Wow, you have it that low of a scoring, even with Breeze at the helm. I have Mitch Trubisky um, controlling clock. I have him being a field general. I have Montgomery doing well. I just don't have the whiteout having a big game. That's what I don't. That's what I don't see from the Bears. I'm going to say the Saints will win this game too. It will be again. It will be close. I think it will be at least a possession or two game, but I think the scoring will be a tick higher, just a tick higher than what you have. I'm going to say thinking of a good one. 27-20 New Orleans. Okay. I could see a couple touchdowns there. I think the Bears can score a touchdown on special teams as well. They have Cordell Patterson. Don't sleep on him. Great no, special they do. Team. They do. They do. No, they can score. They can score on special teams. They can score. The Bears have ways to score. It's just will Trubisky execute, or will Foles execute if he comes in to relieve Mitch Trubisky? You see, that's the other thing. We don't know uh, if Trubisky is going to be the quarterback the whole time. So. The other advantage the Bears have is that the Saints have to prepare for two different quarterbacks with two different play styles. Our final game, Steelers-Browns. 8-15 game, Sunday night. This is the coming out for Baker Mayfield. Can he come out in a big playoff game? Nope. You don't think he's winning this game? Nope. Nope. All right. I think they won last week. I think Pittsburgh took a good look at what the Browns did. I think last week, was sort of a reconnaissance game for Pittsburgh because you're not going to be able to change up your game plan so drastically from week one to week two that you're going to throw Pittsburgh looks that they haven't seen before. So I'd say this game is going to be low scoring because of the familiarity the two defenses have with the offenses that they're playing against. Okay. 24-17 Pittsburgh. And I think Mayfield is going to be the reason the Browns lose because he's going to throw a couple of picks. Bad pick. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh wins this game too. I think Big Ben is going to be in there. Mike Tomlin knows how to prepare his team in big games. We've seen the Steelers do this year in and year out. You don't beat veterans a second week in a row. No. You just don't. I'm going to say, yeah, Baker's going to throw a couple picks in this. I I have no doubt. I think it won't be as close as people think it will be. I I think it's going to be a little bit of a two possession ish game for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, advantage Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will win this game 24-10. You're not giving Chubbs and Hunt enough credit. You're not giving Chubbs and Hunt enough credit. The Steelers, if if they take the Browns out of the game early, then Chubb and Hunt can't do anything. Then you're forcing Mayfield to throw the football. Bubble screens, bubble screen, bubble screen, bubble screen, quick slant, bubble screen, quick slant. You don't think the Steelers can't read bubble screens very quick? They'll adjust to that. The Steelers are one of the great – And the second they do that is when the Browns burn them with Landry down the field for that uh, touchdown that's going to make it 17. The Steelers have safeties that can get to the line of scrimmage. But they blitz those safeties, and if Landry could get behind them, Mayfield's got the arm to get it to him if he could see him. They got no left guard. Their left guard is out with COVID. That's going to be a big advantage to Pittsburgh if they have nobody on that left guard to block. That's for why I said 24-17, but you're not, you're not putting enough respect on Chubbs and Hunt, bro. You're really not. They're great running backs. They're awesome, okay? They're great. 
But when you play the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to be better than just great. Jobs is going to run you, for 80 yards while Hunt is going to run for 50. Well, I'd be very interested to see how that's going to go down, particularly when Kevin Stefanski is also not going to be at this game because he has COVID. So you're going to be asking the offensive coordinator or maybe the, D, the assistant head coach to serve as the head coach for this. The play calling, could it be a little different? We don't know. We don't know. We do I think not it will know. Be. I think it will be. Because I think um, every person has their own little touches, their own little things they like to do. So while the Browns' offensive sets may look the same, what you're going to see from them is maybe different play calling, different tempo from them, a different, like, you know, when you would expect the Browns to run, they're going to throw the play action. When you're reading run, they're going to pass. When you're reading pass, they're going to run. Because the Steelers had the ability to you know, study what Cleveland did last week. But now when Cleveland's coach gets coronavirus, everybody's saying, oh, that's a disadvantage, disadvantage, that's a disadvantage for Cleveland, and it is. But at the same time, in this particular unique situation where you're seeing the same team two weeks in a row, which never happens in the NFL. Well, the Jets play the Bengals. Now it's a different play caller. Now it's a different play caller. It's a different person calling the game. So you can't tell me that, that Pittsburgh's defense is going to be as prepared as Cleveland's defense. However, conversely, Cleveland's defense didn't have to deal with Ben Roethlisberger, so... Now they're going to. This is going to be very different. That evens it all out, which is why I think it's going to be a closer game than you believe, John. Okay. Well, it should be a very wild week. Wild card weekend is just three days away. And I think we could have some surprises coming out of this round as we get ready eventually in the following week for the division playoff on our road to the Super Bowl. But with that, that's going to wrap up this edition of Downtown Sports. I want to thank Tony Mainville for providing us with our NFL Top 10. I want to thank Tony Mainville for all the work that he did this week, the NFL Top 10s, the four piece that he wrote out for us, which we didn't use, but we went through with the Top 10. We went through the matchups, uh, the NBA Top 10, all the work that he did this week to get us prepared for our interview with Noah Eagle. Big shout-outs to Tony Mainville. He did the job this week. He did the job this week. You can hear us on about 12 different platforms, which are Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podbay, Listen Notes, and Bullhorn. 12 different platforms. You hear us every single week, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, live rants. We are downtown sports. We are where sports come home in the next couple of weeks we might be getting some special nba guests on we might have i am back at some point we might get some uh people from the new york knicks to come on you know a little bit of foreshadowing there for you in a couple of weeks we might have some very fun interviews coming your way but until then for the beast of the east jonathan perriente on the mouth of the south john Chavoni, saying we out Bye.